0: Hi. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, It's early morning here in my world. Uh, My name is Eli. Uncle Eli. Uncle Eli's enormous craft problem. No solutions, just problems. Um. I'm here. I'm on the road again. I am traveling in my world. It is six thirty in the morning, and I am leaving Oakland on my way to Palo Alto. I worked until late last night <laughs> until ten thirty. I guess not that late. just you know, a normal um, way. back up this morning head to work making cups last night and then in San Francisco and then this morning I'm on my way to Palo Alto to teach some people about the fine art of glass Um uh, you know I've been thinking I was like this is gonna be a good time when I'm on the road for this hour to Palo Alto to talk about Kane and Marine roll-ups Um, because, you know, I'm going to be pooped, and I haven't been totally exhausted on a recording here. I mean, I'm always totally exhausted, I guess, but um, this feels especially especially pooped, Um, and so I thought it would be fun to keep us entertained here while we drive um, down here 880 south to the Dumbarton Bridge it's going to be beautiful going across that bridge this morning it's kind of foggy right now high ceiling on the fog um... and grey Feel the warmth. You can feel the warmth coming of summer, uh, gently, gently creeping in here. So, um, yeah, here we are. Made it to morning time. I uh, went home last night after working at ten thirty. Ran home, cooked some chicken. It's delicious chain breasts with capers and mayonnaise. You know, chicken and mayonnaise, I mean, come on, is there a better combo? I'm not so sure. It's pretty magic. Maybe it's a little crazy, maybe it's too much, maybe I shouldn't talk about that. But, you know, chicken and mayonnaise, wow, it's just, you know, a magic little treat. That's what we got these days, the little treats. That's what keeps us going, right? It's fucking chicken and mayonnaise at 11 o'clock at night uh, with some capers, you know? If that's what's putting a smile on our face now, well, heck it. Let's have some more chicken and mayonnaise and capers. So that's what I have for lunch. Put another smile on my face. I'm really excited to eat it. found, like, for me, bringing food, packing my own lunch, like... I gotta be excited about it at breakfast time. Like while I'm eating my breakfast, I like, gotta be thinking about how much fun that lunch is. I can't like try to prove something to myself that lunch. Like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing I'm gonna eat this thing I eat this. Like, you know, if I'm struggling with it, like you got, I gotta, I gotta love what I'm eating. Um, so, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to love what you eat and make it good and then not feel like crap also uh, so high protein that's what i found for me aggressive amounts of protein uh, so the little joys here we are trying to enjoy the little joys but what did you really come here to? did you really come here to talk to me about protein Or did you come here to talk to me about cane and marini? Because you know I'm going to tell you about that, whether you like it or not. So we've got some cane that we've stretched out, and we got some marini rods, rods of marini that we need to get. We need to break it down into little marini biscuits, and we're going to roll that up on a plate today we're gonna we're gonna talk about ways that we can roll up on a collar and on a bubble, um, and ways that we can make it into a magic glass design. So, let's start with a collar, um, the trickier one, I think. I don't know, rolling up on a bubble is tricky too. Rolling up on a bubble is like maybe a little safer it's like not as hard like you kind of have a little more forgiveness but there's also ways it's like more possible to mess it up in ways too it's like easier to trap bubbles and it's also easier if it goes haywire it can go really haywire it's harder to fix sometimes um, we can get into those details too so Let's say for the sport of it that we've got a design we want to use. It's going to include cane and bamboo. And we're going to need to chop up the cane. And we can chop the cane with some sort of, you know, color chopper or some sort of whacker device, like essentially two chisels is what you're going to want to imagine. Um, oftentimes, like you'll have a piece of square stock at an angle so that you're on edge on that square stock, and then you'll use another. The whacker will have a similar edge. Um, sometimes it's another piece of square stock on a little swinging arm. Uh, I will sometimes use a... You know what I like is a rock hammer... It's like, uh, you know, if you're going to be out in the, where the rocks are, and you're going to grab a rock, and you want to smack it with a hammer and open it up and see if it has magic power crystals inside, that's the rock you want. Um, is it Weston makes a... Is that that hammer? I don't know if that's a brand name, but there's it's like a, you know, like a... They make it like a great 20-ounce framing hammer. And... Um, that one that's the fucking rock hammer and that one works great for chopping color it's similar to there's also like a welding hammer that people use a lot it's got the little curly hammer handle one side's pointy and the other side's chisely Uh, it's like a chisel peen point peen curly handle hammer um and that's what you use for whacking on your arc welding to clean up all your crud. Um, <coughs> the rock hammer is basically the same thing, it's just a, generally just a better piece of steel. Um, but you can also just take a hammer and kind of hold it at it and hit it rather than on the flat face, you can hit it on the edge. Uh, on top of your 45 or your piece of whatever on the edge or something. Uh, Once you kind of get the feel for whacking cane and marini you can do it on all sorts of things but it does take a while to get the feel for it to how to hit the glass and get it to break. Um, Chopping cane can do it and then color bar uh, which is the color the bars of glass color that we'll use um, those chopping color bark can also learn you a thing or two about um, about chopping. Um, so you're gonna want to So let's let's we let's figure out a size for our plate for our roll up. Um, so Let's say, let's do something easy and let's have a, the collar, or the, sorry, the the tube that we're going to roll up, it's going to be five inches. Well, let's do five and a half so we can stick a little on the So we have five and a half inches. Um, so when it rolls up, it's going to be five and a half inches long, five and a half inch tall tube. And then let's roll it up on a 2.5 inch collar. So that will basically mean we're going to be uh, like around 8 inches. Uh, seven and a half, eight 8 inches, because it's going to be 2.5 times 3.14. Um, and so that 2.5 basically tripling it uh, and that's going to be so that's going to be seven and a half it's so going to be five and a half by seven and a half um, piece of glass that we're going to want to lay out and some things that we want to know about that are that we're going to give it a little squish um once we get it warmed up so that size is going to compress the 5.5 is alright because um, then it will just make it a little shorter unless for some reason we needed it to be a certain height we want to take that into consideration and then the 7.5 measurement that one is going to be important because that is part of how we're determining the size of our collar and so if we were to like say make it exactly seven and a half and then we got a little hot and we squished it a little hard we got down to like six and a half then it might actually be short rolling up on the collar and we're just going to have to be aware of that going into this um, and so planning for a little extra there thinking about your squish up and then there's some some tricks on roll on the collar so that you're not fighting that I think that like you know there's a tool you can use a pie divider that is one side you measure one side and that will be one measurement and then the other side of the calipers will be at 3.14 times that so it will be the other side will be the size of the circumference of the circle and one side is the diameter and uh, you know those are great those are great indicators but I think that sometimes if you're leaning on that too much you're not paying attention to the glass and just looking and if you're just looking you can see what's going on Uh and there's, there's going to be variations with the different color, thickness of the glass, the, what you're trying to do with it. Um, another trick that I've seen to figure out the diameter to the circumference is just take that collar and roll it, maybe even mark like a chalk spot on it, and then roll that out on the table, and you can kind of see how far it rolls, and you can mark either side. And again, you're just kind of giving yourself a ballpark. Once you get used to it, um, you won't need to be as precise, uh, or you'll be precise, and you'll just, you just you'll be precise with your with looking at it, seeing it. Um, so, pay attention to the glass rather than the tool. Um, cane. We're gonna chop up our cane, so our cane is gonna need to be five and a half inches long because we've determined that our plate size, and we have a bigger, we have a kiln shelf that's bigger than that. Um, let's use a three-quarter inch kiln shelf, because that is going to be, uh, you know, just a little safer. I think the general, the thicker the kiln shelf, just is gonna kinda keep it, is gonna be a better heatsink, um, and sometimes you even might want to use a cast iron shelf uh and that it would really help keep the heat even because that's going to suck the heat up and then distribute it more evenly as opposed to a very thin kiln, kiln shelf might be more likely to get some hot spots uh, if you got a very thin kiln shelf there's ways to work with it too uh, and they're also just fragile and you might break it so um uh, So our kiln shelf is gonna be, if it's five and a half by seven and a half, our kiln shelf should be, you know, at least seven or eight by 10. So let's just say it's an eight by 10, just to make it easy. Give us a little room on there. You don't wanna pack it in there too tight. You can, but um, just more of a rassle. So we got eight by 10 kiln shelf, five and a half by seven and a half layout and we need to chop our cane now to five and a half um, so we're gonna chop those up and you know if you end up with one longer you pretty much can just nip it down there's no reason to have a longer cane sometimes you end up with long canes but you can just cut it down because it'll just kinda get in your way later um, then for the marini say you've got marini you want to chop up and it's under a half inch in diameter you should be able to chop that on your chopper chopper um, whack it with a hammer or something but you're always going to get a little bit of inconsistency with that and not a perfect like chip um, and it's going to be a little different in thickness and different in um It's gonna have some like little edges that are weird so and then over a half inch it's gonna be even harder to get those to be consistent so in which case um, what you might want is to chop it on a saw and in that case you're gonna want to use a tile saw um, a regular old wet tile saw and, you know, there are lapidary blades that make those that cut very nice and leave it pretty smooth. Um, also, the lapidary blades are going to be thinner, so it's going to be less saw curve, and you're going to lose less material. Um, but, sometimes a big, thick saw blade that's just what you're going to get. Um, so got your nice lapidary blade. Um, and um. cut it down on the saw so take the marini to the saw and on your way into it and on your way out of it with the saw you're going to want to be gentle because going into it is where you can chip in the middle of the marini is where it could bind and it could break and go weird Uh, so you're going to want to hold it like marini like rods will often kind of have weird thicknesses chain diameter and they're not always straight so being aware of like how that sits in the saw blade um there's just really no forgiveness in glass when you're cutting it um, and uh, chop saw like that where like wood, like you want to put like the curve a certain direction it's kind of like flex in a certain way and it might bind this way and it might bind less that way like with glass it just doesn't move at all, there's just no flexibility so like you just have to like it could go it can go haywire any which way, so figuring out where you want to cut it, get it in tight in that position and figure out a way to hold it in that position and then chop it and saw if it wiggles at all, it's gonna bind up and it's gonna all break, and it's all gonna go sideways uh, I guess maybe the good news is that cutting with one of those saw blades like those blades are less dangerous than a wood blade like conceivably you can touch the blade of a tile saw and not immediately rip your fingers off Um, because it's just really just a a diamond grinding bit you can certainly like sand off your skin or especially your nails you can really put the hurt to your nails but it won't immediately cut your fingers off Um, so that's nice um now you're gonna want to saw it up on the saw to, you know, depending this also depends on what you want, but maybe you want it to be a quarter inch thick. Maybe you want it to be a half inch thick, maybe you want some density on this, and you want some lensing. Uh if you're gonna blow it out a bit. You know, if you're going to gather on it and you're going to blow it out Like maybe you don't want it too thick so it doesn't go weird and sideways maybe you've got a lot of thin strands in it so you do want it thick and it kind of lays out like whether you want it to stay thick and lensy or whether you want it to blow out and be wispy um, these might determine um, how thick you're going to cut your marine and generally, you're going to want to use a lot of color, um, because this is this is your coloration, uh, and so it's a thin layer that you're cutting down it down to, and you're going to put it in this. So you want to use a lot of color in your camera, because it doesn't always, like, you know, you'll see it, and it's like, it's one thing to stretch it out, and it has this color density, but then you're going to stretch it again when you roll it up and blow it. Um, so, the more color, the better. Well, here we are uh, on the Dumbarton Bridge, low tide, stinky low tide, frothy marsh area. It's really this is really one of my favorite views here of the of the bay. Um, so much. Brackish behaviors here. So let's say we chop some up with the choppy chopper, and then some you're going to hit with the tile saw. So you got a little bit of both. You got the little chips that are perfect, and then um, you've also got some pieces that you've cut up on a tile saw. Um. And now you're gonna lay that out in a beautiful pattern on your plate. There actually, I know we said we we're gonna chop them a little long so that um, you'd have a little bit extra roll up, but on the color. but you know what with the marine, all this valuable stuff we could actually pull a couple we'd have some clear rods Maybe some flat cane or just some clear rods that would be seven and a half inches long and we could lay lengthwise on the plate on the bottom and that's the part that's going to go onto the collar so we'd lose even less color you always get to cut a little bit off and leave it on the collar um, and that's just part of that um but if you want to be precious with it, especially if you're just doing a lot of it, um, you know that just keeping that loss rate down, uh, keeping that waste down. Um, so then you've got, then you'd really kind of end up with like a six or a six and a quarter inch plate by seven and a half. Because you'd have these rods of clear glass along the bottom of the plate, the part that's going to roll up on the collar. So those clear rods are what's going to wrap around the collar, and the rest of it's going to be sticking off there. So now we've got our designed laid out, right? And we're ready. To flash it, we've got a blowpipe ready that we're going to make a collar on, Um, and we're ready to start heating the plate, right? Um, So, the things that we're going to want to need to be prepared for with this plate, We're going to need a fork. We're going to need a fork. A Passarelli fork. Because also the plate is referred to as a Passarelli. Which I assume means plate in Italian, but, you know, who the fuck knows these days. Um, So we got our Passarelli, we got a Passarelli fork. And then we got our Ferretis, which are these little square, like, half inch by half inch, three-quarter inch by three-quarter inch steel bars cut at if our plate is going to be five and a half inches we want those somewhere the little shorter so somewhere in the four or five inch range Um, at those essentially they're gonna act as stops for when we're going to heat and roll it up like if you've got a big cane roll up on the plate you got a bunch of round rods and you go to heat them they're all going to roll off the plate right away so you want something to stop on either side and then generally it's always going to heat more on the outside edges, there's going to get hotter faster. So the Ferretties are going to be a little heat sink. Also, this is going to block the heat from the edges of those cane. And I've actually, actually, I think, I've always used them shorter um, than the length of the cane. But in my mind, I'm just kind of imagining, thinking it's like, maybe it is nicer to have them longer. No, but you don't want them long because you want to be able to, like, touch the tops of the edges of the cane. I think that's why, is that, you you know, you want them to you, you can have access to the, to the top and bottom of the cane, um, that they're not in your way. But it does seem, like, logically, like, you might want them longer so they're blocking, like, the full length of the cane, but... Um, we're not they're going to be four inches and they're half inch by half inch and those will also be coated in a kiln wash Um, so you've got your Ferretti's coated in kiln wash. You got your plate. It's coated in kiln wash. Um, Then you're going to have a fork, which is a lifting device for the plate. And it will be... So the way that I've made those is using solid rod for the fork part and we're usually going to put it into the glory hole like long ways so it goes it's going in with the skinny it's skinny from left to right and it's longer going in Um, because the glory hole is long and skinny so we're going to have the longer and skinnier side it's going to go in the long skinny way we're going to hot dog rather than a hamburger. Um, and so that fork if our plate is 8 inches our fork should be like you know a little under just to give us a little safety like so say it's even 6 inches on an 8 inch plate we got a 6 inch wide fork so, it has two tines that are parallel, um, six inches outside to outside, and it's going to be in the neighborhood of eight inches long on those tines. And then they're welded to a cross member that's teed off onto a handle. So, it's a fork, a large fork with two tines. The whole thing is going to be straight and flat and preferably you're going to have those tines are going to be solid and then the part coming out of them you're going to have a solid chunk of steel coming out also and then this is where you can kind of get into some personal preference is you have um, the handle like you'll have The solid part on the tines, and then 1 foot, 18 inches, 20 inches of handle will be solid. Then you weld that to a tube, and then that goes all the way back out to the handle. Then you have a T on the other end of it to hold on to. Sometimes even the T, you might make the T itself out of solid stock so that it gives a little bit of a counterweight this thing's going to be heavy and awkward and the good ones are often very solid up at the end and a good length of solid because you get this fucker so hot that it's going to bend and especially if you're doing a lot of heavy plate stuff it could bend it could bend fast you're in the glory hole getting it hot so you want the solid as a heat sink and the structure of the solid Um, I've seen some pretty skinny flimsy ones and part of what you do is you just have to flip them over somewhat regularly so they're bending the other direction and that totally works and I've used some that are like tube all the way up to just the tines and then just the tine itself is solid and so they're always bending a little bit and you just flip it over um so, it's possible there's you know um and so what we're doing is we're going over ways to do this in a glory hole, but it's also totally possible to do this in an oven and not have to go to the glory hole and get enough heat inside of some sort of electric or gas oven and you know some little dome covered thing. I've seen some really great apparatus that. You just need to get it hot enough to squish and then roll up. And it's easier in some ways to do it in the glory hole because you can see it. You got your eyes on it. Um, and you're not guessing the exact temps and keeping the thing covered because you know, if you got it in the oven, you want it covered, and you want to know what temp you're going to, and then you want to just turn it to that temp, and then you want to know timing wise, like when to get it, and then a little timer goes off, and it's at the right temp, and ding ding, you roll it up. Where if you're flashing in the hole, you can see it, and you're kind of reading it, and there's some ways that you're gonna just gather your information live feed from this, uh, from this exercise. So, got your fork, got your plate. Now, another thing you might want is a brick um, on the marver on a table that can accept a little bit of heat. Because what you could do is you can come out of the hole with the, with the plate, and then set it down on the. Brick, and this is why you have it as a fork. Sometimes I've seen these as rather than forks, the 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 head of the picker-upper is square. Uh, it's open, but it's got you know all four sides of weld it. So you can't go into something to pick it up. Um, you can only you can put things on it, but you can't. Um, the face of the tines are connected. So, uh, you know, and it just depending on what you're doing, that might work, too. Um, but, like, something you might do is you might have this inside of a garage, um, a gas oven that's somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,000 degrees. Maybe it has a hot side that goes up to thirteen or 1,400 degrees. Um, and you might take your plate out of the garage and then flash in the glory You might have it in an electric oven. And then you could take it out of that. You might have it in something you call a kiln because you don't like it when I call it an oven. But you know what? It's a fucking oven. Uh, and you might take it out from one of those ovens and go over to the hole from there. You might do it from cold. Uh, and we're going to go over that of like how you might, what temp you might need it at and why you might need those temps. Um, but you're going to want a brick on the marver, on the metal table so that you can come out with the fork and set it down Um, maybe you have another place you can set it down but that's a good thing to do and then that also becomes a way to rotate either the plate or the fork like if you need to flip the fork over because it's bending because you got a funky old fork uh that some old timer gave you that they made from looking at a picture, because um, I've seen a lot of them that don't have enough solid on them because I think they're just made by people that were like guessing how they were made, and if you see a picture of it, it's hard to tell that it's solid a part of it the way they welded. Um, and so you got old plate that you need, and a fork that needs to flip over. So you got a brick you can set your plate down on, and then you can flip your fork over. Um, so that's an option, that's a great option Um, you know, if you got an extra glory hole an extra workbench you can also just set it down at the bench sometimes Hot Chop's got extra benches that's the thing Um, so you can just set it down at the bench there um, now you're going to want some tweezers you're going to want two pairs of tweezers uh, you're going to want the like standard glass blowing heavy duty tweezers uh, because you're going to want to be able to pick up the plate and rotate it and you're going to want to pick up that plate by... And this is part of why you want the fork to be a little smaller than your shelf. It's that you can grab two corners of the plate. Opposite kitty corner corners. And you're going to grab those so one so your tweezers are also perpendicular to each other. In the way that you're grabbing, um, so that your kitty corner—it's kind of hard to describe—but your kitty corner of the shelf, one tweezers pointing down the long way, and one tweezers pointing down the short way from the other corner, and then from there, you should be able to pick that plate up carefully and rotate it sometimes you're going to have to rotate it 90 and set it and kind of reset yourself and then rotate it some more because the whole thing's hot so you got to be careful because it's like a thousand degrees and it can really burn you and the cane is all really, you know when you're, when you're rotating the plate often the cane hasn't even fused together um, so you're kind of in this place where you've got a good chance of everything hitting the ground um, of pieing your plate now pieing is a printing term when you chuck all your little letters and you're, when you're putting together a plate to print from I don't know what you call it when you do it in um, on a cane plate but it's a similar phenomenon where all of your cane and marine you go flying um uh, when you pie your plate. Um Okay. Ho oh, oh, ho oh, oh. ho pooped. I'm a little pooped, let's be honest. Whoa. Just get in here to the school. Palo Alto. There's a dang flea market going on in the parking lot where I usually park what the heck um so let us not pie our plate let's be careful when we lift it with tweezers and rotate it I've seen some fancy things that people do like put down turntables and stuff so they can rotate it so they can avoid this particular move but I think it's only if you're just doing it a lot it's nice to avoid it you know but uh You don't have to avoid it. You don't have to. You should get good at it. Um, Because it's a hard move, and it's good to get good at it. So, um. Might want a pair of gloves for that move. Always good to have a pair of gloves around when you're doing cane stuff, because things can get a little warm. Um. we're getting pretty close to be able to heat this dang plate up um, yeah we, we, figure out, we figure out the design you wanted keep cane and marini laid out um, so one person's going to heat up the plate and the other person's going to make the collar and those are going to kind of happen at the same time right oh fuckity fuck alright i I'll going tell you the truth now You know the truth I'm gonna go to work Uh, But I'll be done In six hours And then I have another hour drive To go to my other four hour job And then I don't have any hours to drive after that To get to my next three hour job So We have a nice long day ahead of us Of working and talking to you And thinking about all the mistakes I'm making telling you about Kane and Marini um but that's what I'm here for I'm here for the problems not the solutions alright well I'll talk to you in a minute have a good nap ok bye now ok we're back uh, this is a great class you know I'm glad I did that glad I did some work I got a bunch of Scientific glass here. Somebody gave me at the place I worked out. Palo Alto. I have so many weird borough scientific things. Um, I really do love. I do love weird glass. Um, You know, I had a great lunch too. It was. I had a big plans of this chicken that I cooked last night in the middle, and I and then some arugula and I was just going to get the BP on the capers and mayonnaise. And look, I'm like, I'm going to be honest. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I was just going to use mayonnaise as a dressing for arugula. I said, okay, don't tell anybody, all right? is kind of weird, but I'm going to tell you the truth. It is delicious. Um, so imagine the level of disappointment that I had to engage in when I was unpacking my lunch kit. There's my arugula, there's my chicken, and the keepers I put in there. Imagine then, when I found out that I'd forgotten the mayonnaise. Whoa, boy. But, fortunately, there's a mayonnaise substitute in the fridge there. Um, Spicy mustard and fig jam. Basically, if you mix the two together, it's basically like mayonnaise right um, well be a little different but it's pretty close so spicy mustard fig butter arugula chicken capers wow that was a humdinger so now I am driving and I, uh, I know we're gonna get back to Kingdom you we were just wondering about this plate but <laughs> me too But then I just had to eat some cherries, rainier cherries that I can in September of 21, and whoa, 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 just cherries on the slow cook, and then tinned. Wow. Um, You know? It's just such an amazing flavor rainier cherries from a tree that was 120 years old. 120-year-old cherry tree. It's obviously magic, obviously magic powers, um, so I'm glad you're here to enjoy these magic powers as we get back to cane and Rainier Roll-Up. Now, we got a little brick, right? So we can set our cane plate on. And... Here's the thing. Are we going from cold? Are we going straight in the hole? Are we going to preheat in an oven or in a kiln? Or are we going to preheat the plate and lay the cake down on the plate? These are the options that we have at our disposal. And let's go over the reasons we might want to do these different things. Now, if we want to just go straight in the hole, which is what we always want to do because it's the easiest, just grab the thing, shove it in there, bam, get it hot. That works great if it's thin enough and you don't got some crazy-ass white in there that you're worried about it all popping. Um, Because you might be able to get away with a thin cane with some color and not like a thick chunk of duro in there, duro white, like a that a dense white, um, because, you know, it's glass, you can break it. Um, if it's a thin cane, then you can go in there with a whole plate of thin canes. You can go into a hot glory hall and it 's the most beautiful thing you'll watch the canes all curl up they 'll lift themselves up usually in the center we'll kind of bow in the center you know see the centers lift up and then right when it gets hot enough you 'll see it relax back down it 's a small it 's a small movement you know somewhere in the sixteenth to three sixteenth Inch of movement, not a lot of movement to see at the end of a plate inside the glowing hole, but you can see it if you look. So that works great if your canes are thin enough and they can handle it. But it's it's trickier. Uh, it's in just that it's it's riskier, I guess, to go into a hot hole with a cold plate. So your next option might be to preheat the plate. Now, the tricky part about this is that if you preheat the plate and then put the cane on it, you need to have the canes ready to go, and it's harder to do a marini layout, that if you blast the plate and you get the plate hot, and say you bring the plate out, and the plate's at, boo, 1,000 degrees, um, but then you put your cane on it, now this is the technique, I've used this technique using a cast iron plate. Cast iron plate's gonna hold this heat more, um, because the kiln shelf is just not gonna hold that much heat. So to use this technique of the kiln shelf is a little trickier, because it's usually not gonna get it warm enough. Cast iron plate potentially will, but cast iron plate's heavy, um, and you know, pain in the ass to use. So, you could preheat your plate and lay it out. But that's prohibitive in that if you have a, like, marini and, like, a special marini and a bunch of different marinis lay out, that it's, you know... Sure, you could get it hot, you could lay them on there, but, man, it's a pain in the ass getting all this marini on there and moving around. If you're sliding them all around on a kiln shelf plate, you also might be rubbing the kiln shelf... kiln wash around the kiln washed plate. You might be rubbing the kiln wash around and getting it on your brain. you don't want to do that so another option um, is to preheat the whole thing in an oven like put it in your annealer box and then go pick it up out of the annealer box and zap it in the g-hole and that might be just fine too that might totally do the trick Um, because that you could bring it up over one to two, four, seven hours a hundred hours if you wanted to and you could bring up very thick marini in there slowly bring it up, no popping like the marini are the trickiest part because they're going to want to pop they got a lot of weird color, they're weird and so you want to bring that up in an oven and you want to preheat that so that's tricky but if you have, if you you don't need to get it any hotter than a thousand, so you can just bring it up and in the anila that you're going to put the stuff in to finish with. So if that works too. That's a totally great option. Is to just bring it up in that anila. Easier if you've got a front load anila if the door is open on the front. If the door is open on the top, you might have to reach inside, pick the plate up out, and then set it on your fork and then flash it, which is tricky. Now. Here is one more option, okay. Um, in Go into turning your glory hole off and going into a cold hole. That is another option. Uh, that was a little trickier, and you're turning your hole off and it's going to cool down. But I have used this technique to success where you turn off the hole open the doors, let it cool down a little bit, go in there with cold plate with your crazy Marini cane thing, go in there, shut the doors, and let it heat up. That's going to take a little bit. You know, you could be holding it in there 5, 10, 15 minutes, bringing that heat into the plate slowly and not breaking things. Potentially, if all goes right, you could be in there and then just turn the hole on, or you come out, turn the hole on, and then go in there and flash it again. So, you might be able to get the heat in there slow enough um, just by doing that it's risky because you still could break the stuff and if you got really complex things you know it's the kind of stuff where like these are the things that if you're doing a bunch of the thing, you might want to test it and figure it out, because then you might want to be able to do this in this quick way. If you're just doing one of them, and you want it to be right the first time, and you won't have to do it a bunch of times, then do it the slow, precise way. Bring it up in the oven, slow cook it, and then pick it up out of the oven when it's hot enough, and flash it in the hole. And don't do any of this fucking crazy cowboy shit um, but if you're feeling like crazy cowboy then heck it, heck it all the heck um, turn off your hole, do something weird stick it on top of the glory hole, you know that little vent hole on the back of the glory hole stick it on top of that shit and fucking get the plate hot up there and then blast it from there, build a weird whole box on top of your glory hole and fucking preheat it in there do some crazy shit. You can do it. You're crazy. You can do it. Alright, so now we've got some ways to heat this plate up. Now let's say we got a complex Marini and Cane roll up, and we really, our Cane and Marini took a long time to make. We don't need to blow them up being a cowboy or a cowgirl. So let's bring it up slowly in the oven. Let's do an 8-hour come-up cycle. So it's going to slowly come up over 8 hours, and then it's going to be at... um, Let's do it at... Let's make this easy and do it at annealing temp, okay? So say our annealing temp is 950 degrees. Let's bring the oven up to 950 degrees over 8 hours with our plate in it, okay? Now, let's go get that plate. But... Let's be cautious. We're being cautious here. We're doing this the, the regular person way. Uh, turn off the glory hole still. You don't have to cool it down too much. Just turn it off and open the doors when you go over to get the plate. Turn off the hole and then come on over and flash it in the hole. Like the hole will just be kind of orange rather than glowing white and just not as hot and you won't be shocking the glass under the burn because coming out of the needle straight out of the needle at 950 is just not quite hot enough to really blast it go straight to the flame necessarily okay So I think it's good to open the doors of the glory hole, turn it off, come in, shut the glory hole, wait 30 seconds or a minute. It's gonna heat up. You're not having to wait a bunch of time for the heat to soak in, and then just flick on the hole and you can stay in there while you turn the hole on. So now you're gonna heat that cane plate, your five and a half by seven and a half inch square Oh sorry, it's six and a quarter by seven and a half because we got those clear strands at the bottom. We can roll it up. Um so that we're gonna preheat that. We're in our hole now. So wait, before oh, dang. It. The one thing I totally forgot about was the garage. The garage is the other place to heat up the cane plates, which is probably production-wise, another pretty great option. But the thing is, not everyone has a garage. Garages are tricky, and they cost money to run, and they're hard to, like, move shit around. They're nice, they're great. A garage is a gas-fired oven that has a hot side and a cold side. And the hot side uh Is usually around 1400 degrees, cold side usually around 900 degrees. Uh, And so you can bring things up in there, you can put things into the cold side, you can kind of slowly bring them in slowly into the cold side. I mean, really, there's there's a place where it's like 500, 700 degrees right in the front. So you can slowly bring them in. um, You can then move it over to the hot side, then you can come right out. And at that temp, you can come right out of there and go right to the glory hole i mean if you were really dialing it in with the garage you might even be able to get it hot enough in there to roll up because you could sit on the hot side might get a little sticky because the nice thing about the g-hole heat is you can get the heat on the surface of the glass rather than soaked into the plate Uh, if you soak it into the plate you might it might be more apt to be sticky Um, There's great electric ovens I've seen that are kind of like top-fired electric oven, essentially like a small fusing oven, little dome half-circle thing that you could put your glass plate in, turn it up, turn it on, and then roll up out of that oven. Um, So that is... that's a great option um, so you know there's lots of ways to heat up your plate right so we've taken out the end of the at 950 degrees we went into a colder hole that's turned off and it got a little preheat. then we turn on the hole then we're in there I mean let's say we're in there for 20 to 30 seconds we're not going to be in there a long time. It's pretty long to be in a glory hole, but it's not a crazy long time. And then we're going to come out and we're going to rotate the plate. Rotating the plate this is never about it it's never a bad idea it's always it always sucks to rotate a plate because it's heavy you gotta lift it you gotta bring it over out of the glory hole onto the bench and then you gotta carefully pick it up with the tweezers with that crazy tweezers pick-up method and you got the potential of chucking the whole dang thing on the floor right there or burning your knuckles or your wrist while you try to rotate this hot plate around a hot fork all so hard and painful um but the more you flip your plate the better. Another really great way to deal with heating your plate in the glory hall is that you can slowly move it around. If you just go in there and sit at one spot, you're gonna get a hot spot, I guarantee you, because the glory Hall is not an even heat. Especially if you're using a Gibberson burner, a single burner head. If you have a ribbon burner if you have a ribbon burner blasting from the top, you might actually be like risking getting it too hot on just the inside. You might even reduce it, you might do something weird to it, might give you a nice, perfect even heat If you got a ribbon burner from the side, you might be doing pretty good, but you might also really get one side too hot, and there might not be a way around it. I do prefer a Giberson or, a, you know, a Spiral Arts, a Wet Dog, like one of these round burner heads that has a blasty, you know, a uh, higher velocity um, torch face that gives you a little bit of a hot spot in the front of the glory hole, but then when you're in there with the plate, you just fucking move that fucker around. Now, here's the tricky part. Don't fucking rotate it and dump all your cane inside the glory hole. Because that can happen, you can pile that plate right up in there, and that will happen. I've seen it I've seen it with my eyes um, so you're gonna like wiggle it around in and out and side to side, but not rotating it uh so it falls off, but just kind of swimming around inside the hole, and if you're properly moving around inside that hole you can get a pretty even heat, and you might be able to get away with only one rotation. Okay? You might need to do it twice. Uh, and you just want to plan your rotation so that, like, the plate is going to roll up in the right direction at the very end. that like, you're all set. you uh, pre-plan it. Um, so that... When you flip it and then flip it back, you're at the right rotation. Holy shit, those chairs are good. Um. Okay. So. You feel that? Um. you got everything ready to go. You're ready to get and rotate it and then rotate it again. You know, three rotations is not unreasonable. More than three might be getting into, like, difficult and unreasonable territory, but you might have to do that. So, Let's say more than five is getting to be unreasonable. Three to five, you're being overly cautious, but you're still within realm of, like, being somebody's alone. One rotation, you fucking know your hole and you know what the fuck you're doing. And you know how much heat that thing gives. How do you know how much heat? Well, you're going to have to know what you're going for, how much you're going to squish it, how much you want to roll it up, how hot you want it to roll up, how gooey it is, and what colors and all that. And checking your heat you're not going to have a heat sensor you're going to be putting your hand over the plate now if you put your hand over the plate after a heat or before heat, after heat, just like at certain intervals. Hold your hand over the plate at the same distance, okay? Calculate it, hold it at three, four inches, one inch, two inch, you know. Just give yourself the appropriate distance so that you're doing the same thing every time. Holding it over and feeling it. Feel that fucker. And this is another technique I've actually was shown for cooking steak meat, And then a grill, like, you want to hold your hand over the grill for a count of, like, four to five seconds and at one to two inches apart away from the grill. And it should be owie then. Like, you shouldn't be able to hold it longer than four seconds at one inch, say. Um, And then you'll know that's the steak heat. From my calculations, I feel like the around 700 degrees. Not totally 100 on that. But this is the, what you're going to want to know. So with the, with the plate, it's a little hotter. So you're probably going to need to be three, four inches away, just so you can even get a count. So you're not like going in to burn yourself. You don't want to hurt yourself. I'm not trying to hurt you. You're just trying to get an accurate assessment of the heat here every time so that each time you got the same dang thing. Um, Alright look I'm going to tell you the dang truth again I'm here in San Francisco At this other hot shop And I got to teach it A hot shop, a hot time Party, action So Me and this dang dog going to go do it again um, I'm going to get back to you about this hot plate Okay, I know you're curious Have a good nap Alright, love you, talk to you soon Bye bye